0: hi hello welcome back to gay panic what do you owe me a present for listeners present it's a year of ripley's curse yes wow. uh-huh. yeah, it's you, get curse. Me a year of ripley's curse oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about that because it happened I f- you weren't acknowledging it. Were you too traumatized? I was too traumatized, day? to I was be like, honest. Congratulations, it's been one year of celibacy. You were like, I was like, oh. oh, God. Anyway, that, that's my excitement of the week. Yeah, um, so not only is it one year of our podcast, it's one year of Ripley's Curse. Whoop, whoop. One year of celibacy. One year of gay panic porn. Can I ask you, like, I know the celibacy wasn't hugely intentional, even though it was cursed upon you. Do you feel like you've grown from celibacy? I do, but I also remembered another huge reason I was celibate that my dumb ass forgot. And that was because I smashed my face in and had a black tooth for like half the year. Oh yeah, so no wonder, hell. like I was talking to my friend about this the other day and she goes, "Shaw, you literally were so self-conscious about your tooth. You would put like layers of makeup on. Like you were so triggered. I was like, so true I was. Like basically last year I had an accident. About this time last year, it was the first day of November I had the accident. And literally smashed my tooth in. The tooth died. It went gray and then black and purple. And it's like, it looked hideous. So obviously, I felt really oh, yeah. self conscious about dating. Oh, that was a massive sex. part of it. Also, I couldn't have sex because I wasn't allowed to do anything that would trigger my tooth. I couldn't even kiss. Yeah. My so you tooth had to was have like, like kissless sex. Kissless sex. My tooth was literally going to fall out. I wasn't literally allowed to kiss people because my tooth could be bashed. So to be honest, it was kind of accidental celibacy, but I've just completely blocked that out. I had like six months waiting for my surgeries oh, where yeah. I literally couldn't have kissed somebody. So it actually kind of makes sense now, that like six months of that celibacy can kind of be Yeah, and then once you've bit. had six months, it's like harder to come out of yeah. it, isn't it? So maybe it's not an actual like curse that was- I've grown from the celibacy and I've had a lot more time to like be introspective and focus on my sobriety, which has been really nice. Like I feel oh, like it has yeah. given me a lot of time to focus on my sobriety because I went sober last summer. And then like, obviously the first few months are the most difficult, which was fine. But like last autumn, was when I was really starting to get into the swing of it and like really starting to feel all the emotions from sobriety and get really triggered and address a lot of trauma and stuff. And I think that being celibate has allowed me to like fully try and delve into that as well as obviously finally being back in therapy, I guess. So yeah, I think good things came out of the celibacy maybe. Like I was more productive and less distracted by women. I guess I don't know. I guess you didn't have like alcohol to distract you or like women. Like you were just focused on yourself. I literally had zero distraction. Yeah. No substance, no person. It was like it's me and TikTok, <laughs> my coping mechanism. It might do you good in the long run. And um, what's the longest you've gone without sex? Since you started having sex. I asked I asked my friend's boyfriend this on Sunday and he went, well, you know, the 19 years. I reckon about a year then. I don't know. Let me try and think about timelines. So probably all of the first lockdown. How long was the first lockdown? The first lockdown was March, wasn't it? March to, or was it April or March? March. I know March. I did have sex to. Mm-hmm. Do- right before lockdown it was awful sex as well so it's probably one to like lockdown was like four months yeah i, guess. I remember i had sex i was absolutely fucking like someone knocked my lamp off of here that lamp it knocked like a plant off so it's this- mud all over the floor Jesus and like that's how drunk we were and we still had sex <laughs> even though I had a plant and then broken lamp on the floor for fuck's um, sake don't you love drunk sex yeah oh god memory. and it, just, the sex was just so awkward as well oh. Um, that was the last time we had sex before lockdown and then obviously lockdown hit and then I think I can't try to think who the first person he had sex with after lockdown was end of 2020 that would have been when I first met you so I know who it was yeah I know who that was as well. So yeah, you, what, you would have gone between March and... You're like six months. Six months. That's not long. I had sex with my ex. I had, not with that sounding bad. No, I didn't have sex when we were exes. I had sexes when we were... I had sexes! I had sexes (laughs) with my exes. (laughs) I had sex with my ex when we were still together. Obviously, I've never actually sat with an ex after a breakup. But I had sex with my ex, I guess. Not the last weekend I saw her, maybe the weekend before that, and then lockdown happened, and then I didn't have sex until August with my friend's old flatmate. So yeah, I didn't go very long in lockdown. Like I literally went March till August. Fucking this year, it's been the longest it's been since I've been consistently having sex. Like since I started having sex, this is the longest I've ever gone. Yeah, a year. Like that is so long. One second. Talk about that in a second. Can I just ask you what you're gay panicking about at the moment? It might be linked. I yeah okay so gay panic number one is that I was saying to Em I've been feeling as you all know if you listen to gay panic I've been really really avoidant this year probably largely due to my celibacy era and healing era and going to therapy but I've started EMDR therapy for trauma specifically in the past I've only had therapy for my OCD which has been like so fucking great and it's saved my life on many occasions but this type of therapy is helping me address a lot of um, my past and like patterns in relationships, um, heal from all sorts of trauma and also feel my emotions more. And I'll say to Em, I think the fact that I'm feeling my emotions more rather than going into survival mode and like going into high anxiety mode or shut down and disassociate mode. I'm like, kind of widening the middle bit where I'm able to like okay try and feel the discomfort feelings like instead of distracting myself from them yeah. and I've definitely done that in sobriety like not yeah. being able to drink has made me confront some of my trauma yeah which is what's sure. made me get therapy especially was I was like I can't do this um but like being in the room and doing it in a controlled environment with someone that's like so like you know safe and able to walk you through it is literally so good I'd recommend EMDR for anyone that has trauma of any kind but Basically, yeah, I think that the therapy has really helped me maybe already. And it's only been like six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, that's has so helped good. me like be more emotionally available because I feel like I'm like starting to actually crave intimacy and crave yeah. connections with people. Whereas like I was starting to feel really like over it and really just like, I don't believe in love. I'm not built for love. I'm not, it's not for me. Like love isn't for me. But when I was in therapy, she was like, that's not fucking true. Like she's helping me challenge those thoughts. And she was like, you literally have a lot of love in your life platonically and you like have a lot of people in your life that yeah. you really love and care for and you have associated your bad experiences it's like confirmation bias because you've constantly been proved right because people you've gone for have repeated those patterns like minus maybe two or three yeah you've been proved right and you need to like start Actually, not giving up and like putting yourself out there because there are good people out there, and you've just confirmation biased yourself into being like everyone is going to traumatize me or I'm going to hurt someone else. And like yeah. that's something we've addressed in therapy too. It's like my fear of hurting somebody, which I got so dragged in therapy. And she was just like, It's not just that you're avoiding. I don't think that. I think it's that like A, you're traumatized and you've been ab- abused, and also like you are so terrified, which is a fear that I'm really excited to I have in therapy also linked to my OCD is like I'm so scared that I can really hurt someone Aww. or I could be like the villain so I don't want to get close enough to someone where I could hurt them yeah I get that, Isn't that interesting? I'm trying to be more open to the fact that like to actually be intimate with somebody is like you have to risk that you are going to hurt them and you definitely will hurt them at some point yeah. even if it's in a small way and my whole like guilt and morality perfectionism bullshit with my OCD I think makes me not want to ever do that and also I'm terrified of Repeating any of the toxic traits that I exhibited in my abusive relationship, which is so stupid because I haven't done that in other relationships, but I'm like, <sighs> like I can't do that. And yeah, I think I am actually, I, was, I keep sending Em, like, cute couple videos on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, we're, like, really simping over some cute couples. I think it's, like, cupping yeah. season, isn't it, as well? Our friend Lily and um their girlfriend KK are so cute. Shout out to you guys. We're, like, obsessed with them. We keep sending yeah. cute videos of them to each other. I feel, like, really simping over cute couples at the moment as well. Yeah, like, too. Like, rare for me, and I'm really want to kill them. Yeah, same. I'm really simping over, it yeah. and I really want, I think it is cupping season, it's coming up to Christmas, and I yeah, want a girlfriend like, to, like, Spoil at Christmas and take to Christmas scenes. I'm such an acts of service person. I've established, by the way. I can't believe it took me this long to realize that that is my like. I haven't done the love languages quiz in what like fucking ages. But I remember it was always quality time was my love language when I was like because the last time I did it I was with my abusive ex and it's like well I'm sure it was back then but like I actually think I'm a massive acts of service person in that I like doing acts of service to other people and I also like receiving. Yeah, I see that for you a lot. Yeah. Like. I was like, I'm such, I just love acts of service. Yeah, I really see that for you. I feel like that might be my thing of like, whenever I think of things that I've done for partners as well, like I'm a big acts of service person rather than like, I don't know, rather than some of the other ones. But what about you? What would you say your love language is? I like physical touch. It's because like, I think for me, like physical touch is like something I like only have when I really like start to be intimate with someone. It's like quite, it's almost like really hard to get there. But then once I have it, like, I feel like, I really like physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I like all of it really, but like, yes, yeah, I would say that gifts aren't really as much. You're like laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because I feel like you get triggered by gift giving. <laughs> you don't know how to accept the gifts. I think that's your childhood trauma, by the way. Like, of course, like I feel like you don't know how to receive people doing nice things for you. You're like really shook by it, and it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, just a thought. I do, and I also like find like really cutesy romantic things a bit like uncomfortable which I don't want to because like there's this massive part of me that like wants to like love someone taking me on like the cutest day and like a picnic or like something like so unbelievably romantic but there's something that feels so deeply uncomfortable at the same time but I, maybe I need to explore that in therapy because fuck knows because like <laughs> ideally like there's part of me like if I saw like a TikTok of like a cute couple doing this cute shit and like getting all these presents I'm like that's the cute objectively not like, the cutest thing I, like I wish I had that for myself but when someone does it for me I feel deeply uncomfortable even when I told you though, like in a previous episode, that one of my exes like got a hotel room and like filled it with all my favorite vegan foods, you were like, "Oh my god, that's so cute! I wish yeah. my ex would have done that." So I know there's a part of you that wants it. There is a part of me that wants it, but there's also like part of me that like I would cringe myself out. Like if it ha- like when it's happened before, I felt so like cringe and like awkward. To be fair, like I get that. I also think we're fucking British and our yeah. culture is very like oh oh cringe, like we cringe yeah, at everything. Yeah, yeah, cringe, but then it means like I end up in these uh, relationships where that has like become, you know, it's not really norm for that to happen. And it's more like, oh, we're like hanging out and it's not like romantic. It feels more like moats that shake. Yeah, like I actually think I I agree with you that it can be cringe. It depends on how much you like the person. But I also think like, what about, what do you feel about doing that yourself? Cause like for me, I am happy to be with somebody and me be the active service person, but it would be, like, the ultimate, like, oh, my God, they like me so much. If, like, because I'm I'm normally the one who always does, like, little surprise. I love planning yeah. surprises. I fucking love gift-giving. Christmas is, like, my favorite just to give my family stuff. Like, I always think it through. And I always do, like, experience gifts rather than, like, things gifts. Just because I find it exciting. But then it's nice when someone will, like, re- pay it forward and do something for me. I'm always, like, oh. Like, I remember when my sister threw me a surprise party. And I was, like, oh. Because she, like, knows I like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I always think receiving it's nice, too. Like, would you... Would you like giving it, though? Because I feel like I love giving that as well. Like, would you like to, like, plan that for somebody else? Like, a big surprise or, like, something really, like, I don't think I would feel so make me anxious. Interesting. That's so I interesting. wish it didn't. Like, it's one of those things that, like, really does it's make valid. me feel anxious. It makes some people feel really weird. I know yeah. those people that are not into access service at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's one of those things that I literally think this is, like, objectively is a cute thing. But, like, there's something real in a turmoil about it <laughs> like well Sha was like about someone feeling like <laughs> once Sha once was like about someone feeling um like not themselves and like having a bad week so Sha was like have you thought about planning some surprise things I was like oh god it makes me feel deeply I was like, like what I was like a movie night get a projector put up a movie like put like vegan cupcakes on the bed yeah like, oh that's what I would and much. i was like yeah i'll do it and then it got cancelled anyway so yeah. she was gonna do it though and i was like down to help but then yeah, yeah you got cancelled but next time you have to do it i'm gonna make you do it at one point because it's good oh, to just practice you you know, then like... you won't get uncomfortable but i think it's like good to like create that like thing of like niceness and it's so it? cute seeing their reactions and their faces oh my yeah. god it's literally i think so their reactions cute. make me feel uncomfortable it's like you know when you give someone a gift at christmas and you have to like Watch them unwrap it, and you want to die. I like. love it. Oh my god, no, yeah, I love it. I'm love such an nice to service. So I'm like, Dah. that makes me look like, so excited. Like, actually, I've just imagined that, and I'm like, such anxiety. <laughs> I way prefer watching people open their gifts than me opening my gifts. Like, I fucking love gift giving. As a kid, I was such a little brat. I loved getting gifts. I, yeah. like, I don't care about gift giving. But I feel like maybe that's just a kid thing.
1: But as an yeah, adult, I'm like, <laughs> as an adult, I'm like, I love
0: giving gifts. We <laughs> <laughs> watch Toy Story, Lego. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, that I mean, I like also words of affirmation. I feel like I need words oh, of yeah. affirmation. Like, without words of affirmation, like, I struggle to, like, feel comfortable, I think. I'm like, do you like me? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Same, actually, yeah. Yeah, I quite like to be, like, in the loop of what they're thinking. Yeah. Then you know? anyway, we're on a really big tangent. I about, really be like, tangent. I really wanted stuff. to continue as well. <laughs> but you're right, it's actually really interesting. We're going to come back to love languages. So this stuff is pretty interesting. <laughs> We think. Um, what have you been going panicking about this week? Okay, so, Charlotte, what did we just speak about an incident whereby? um, A few weeks ago, I discussed, like, maybe a couple months ago now. Yeah, I think it was, like, back in the it summer. It was, like, three months ago. But um, we talked about it in, like, two episodes, I think. Yeah. So, three months ago, I met someone. We, you know, had a great night and ended up sleeping together in an alley. Um, that alley was apparently an iconic alley in Brighton. Mm-hmm. An article was discovered saying, Pool Valley, sex alley to be closed down. (laughs) So this one particular alley that we found to have sex in is apparently an iconic sex alley. Not only is it used for sex, it's used for like (laughs) defecating, (laughs) drug deals, like um, all sorts like crime. Like no wonder the man that walked past us didn't (laughs) seem very happy. What's it say? It says Bri- Brighton's pool passage sex alleyway to receive gates. It's the people who live in the alley. Was that the man interrupting no, you? was it? Why are these people like. It they says, look so angry. <laughs> it says um, residents are hoping after a. T- <laughs> residents are hoping after a terrain of antisocial behaviour. That this will soon end after permission was granted for a gate at Brighton's Nightmare Alleyway. <laughs> Couple have witnessed sex acts, suspected drug taking, vandalism, and been subjected to abhorrent verbal abuse in the narrow alley outside their home. Oh my God, these poor people, man! You were part of that. You traumatized them. Oh, I did. Um, Brian and Hope City Council were initially reluctant to help after two years of torment after Amen. the relentless six-month campaign by the argus the city council has granted a public space prevention order which will see a lockable gate in the south entrance of the pool passage the residents would like to thank the argus for their campaign and for these blah blah cancelmen. i would like to not thank the argus it's- there's pinches of this poor man He lives there being shoved against the bins by these random <laughs> people like out in the alley wasn't that the alley where Wasn't that with the CCTV camera? Yeah, so what we can confirm is they've got this on the CCTV camera. So there is going to be CCTV footage of me having sex out there somewhere. Ooh, Emma. You're so... That is so grim that you guys had sex here. Listen to this. Installing a a gate will help to prevent the antisocial behaviour attacks on residents, break-ins, drug dealing, wait for it, peeing, pooing, vomiting, graffiti, sex acts, blood and needles on the floor. Fucking hell, you probably like fucking in needles. blood, <laughs> mate. That's so disgusting. I'm literally done. That is so grim. That is actually more grim than the people who had sex in the porta um at Pride. You guys are, you guys are lower. Than Look, that. I did not know this. It's,
1: it's expected that the early. gate
0: will be placed in the passage in the next few weeks. The council said, although an exact date has not been confirmed. Should I try and have one last hurrah? You should. Yeah. It says the gate will be locked between 7 p.m. and 9 a.m. each day, so you cannot go to your alley. What's that man who has a, who has a alley kick going to do? Sex I alley. Mean. There's more articles. There's enough. Sorry, I found another. Someone said um, they are calling for each end of the alley to be gated. They're sick of the misuse of the alley. Yeah, Em. Don't speak to me like that. Sickening antisocial. <laughs> passage is a public highway it takes a longer time to walk through the narrow uneven alleyway than to just use the short passageway in pool valley adjacent people are deliberately going through the stupid alley for no reason it's actually easier for them to walk around is worth saying but people just love the alley they just can't stay away from it so funny maybe there's like a drawing factor draws you in that alley i can tell you for a fact it draws you in i just heard the alley speaking to me that day i still go back to it sometimes just for visits. <laughs> just the sickening antisocial. Thing. <laughs> also, I literally think that must have been the guy that was like, excuse me. I know. We thought you had like a interruption kink. I think this poor interruption kink, man. It <laughs> no, wasn't it just... wasn't a kink. He's actually so distressed. He's at the end of his tether. He's like, uh, please he's get like, out that our name? Someone pooed in there last night. He's like, now, you're fucking on the that on the fucking, fucking lesbians. Needle. Stupid lesbians having sex in my alley. And he had to walk past us twice. The fact that he walked past us twice, sure. Thank God. Can you imagine it was us in that picture? Imagine. Imagine if that, like, a (laughs) picture... He's so angry in this photo, like, <laughs> please <laughs> describe this man. His wife looks like Darlene from Ozark, the <laughs> woman on Ozark that goes with a shotgun and just, like, shoots people over everything. That woman literally looks just like her. At least we did encounter her with a shotgun. Yeah, she probably will have a sh- Oh, my God. Can you please describe the man? The man is, like, short, has a green <sighs> top, glasses and balls. He looks like a sort of stando man. Yeah, but his face? Angry. <laughs> he's so angry, at this like picture. fuming. Actually, <laughs> he literally like, looks like he's gonna like kill someone. He's having. It's enough. like someone probably took that photo, like smile for the cameras, and he's like, I just can't smile. I'm so dep- I'm so distressed by this alley situation. But we like, if you live in an alley, what do you expect? He chose. He chose that lifestyle. The lifestyle I didn't cho- choose him. An alley outside of revenge. An alley outside of revenge. Um. Why did he choose to live there? Interruption kink. I think he's got a kink for interruption. He just wants publicity for his um porn films, Interruption. Yeah. There's like a little code at the end of the article and he's like, buy my porn. That's starring two lesbians. I think he's got enough footage now, so he doesn't need to do it anymore. He's probably got years of footage. <laughs> he's got like one of those big boards, like Pretty Little Lies yeah. on the wall with like little ribbons joining up all his people that are on his hit list and you and that girl are at the top. I think I'm dead. He's got a long list of Ali revenge, users yeah. and tell he's them. He's going to go Dexter on you and enact a revenge plan. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so as it a result. fucking one of in <laughs> I've been involved in a scandal. I've been involved. An article's been written about the scandal. this is one to like add to the list this is an iconic story like this is so perfect the fact that this happened literally makes my life so i think i've reached level 13 gay now like every time a gay thing happens i add another gay to the level and i think also i've reached level 14 gay because a girl wrote a song about me you wrote a song about me i I bet you think about about me the song was really good it was a banger so I fucking loved it. Shaw said bopping before, it's better than Taylor Swift's new album. I This is what we're hating on Taylor Swift's new album. Like, so we, we listened mind. to Tay, Tay-Tay's album that night and we were like, eh. We, like, weren't vibing that much, were we? And then this song came through and we were like, what a bop. What an absolute bop. It, honestly, release the whole thing, please, if you're listening. You probably are listening. Hello, please release the whole thing. I <laughs> <Bye, laughs> love it. I was obsessed. It was an absolute banger. And maybe we'll get this person to give us permission to, like, play this song. I don't think she's going to let us play it but it's not quite as good as sunstroke in october i think sunstroke in october should be number one in our list of lesbian songs yeah this, this is, is number two but only yeah. only because sunstroke in october is like truly just it's life-changing yeah yeah
1: life-altering
0: it's, it is life-altering you've had a song written about you and now i've had a song about we had written about me we've both had songs written about but i don't know if sunstroke in october was about me i think she had it pre-written and just no like, i think she did what do you think she had it from the last october yeah like October 20, like I feel like 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 2018 or something. She, do, or yeah. something. she yeah. just has it. She whips it out every October. <laughs> it's just once in a while. She i like, so so... She's like living in Canada. <laughs> I've got sunstroke. <laughs> October. Like I was like, oh my god, she wrote a song about me. It's like, yeah, she's written it for everyone, babe. <laughs> um. So obviously, something that we've all been gay panicking about collectively in the world is Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight. Dun dun dun. Specifically, three AM. Version Midnight. Midnight. Um, Em, what's your favorite song from Midnight? Um, it's probably the same as yours. Would have, I was so happy if. that we agreed on this because we have a similar yeah. taste in Taylor Swift. Like, yeah. every song that M got me into, I really like. Yeah, and we both loved Would Have, Should Have, I favorite. think it's just like the most like emotional and the most like traumatized. <gasps> <gasps> yeah, to be fair, I think like when you both have like. Well, I've got PTSD and like complex traumas and it's yeah, like, yeah, we've got like the good uh, trauma duo, so maybe that's why we love it. Trauma makes you like love the feels, like <laughs> that thing you put on your story of the TikTok of the girl literally in like a white dress, like pouring red wine all over her to that song. I was like, me, that's like, like you might like, still be like, I would stay on my knees. So yeah, it's, um, I kind of love the meaning as well and like what it's about. So like, obviously, like from the first second I listened to it, I heard the words, 19. I was like, I know she went out of John Mayer at 19. And like the connotations, like the, the, what was that lyric about? Like, uh grown man, pain to Oh, grow- that's yeah. so good. It, um, if, I spilled paint or something. Did it splatter oh, on, a on a promising, promising grown, grown man. man? And if I was a child, that did it did matter, matter if you got to wash your hands? Yeah. So that lyric, I was like, "Shit." I was like, "Fuck." Like, shit. But also, like, I was like, "This is definitely about John Mayer because the nineteen, the like, grown man, child. Like, she was nineteen. He was like thirty-four or something. Creepy like, it's such a creepy age gap." Fuck you, John Mayer. Fuck you, John Mayer. Like, obviously, she already ripped John Mayer with Dear John, like, I'm when she was like, no, nah, she murked John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> she murked John Mayer and like, when she was, like, when Speak Now came out years and years ago, like, like, so long ago. Yeah. And like everyone already knows that John May is like a problem. Like, because this is like John. Dear John part two, honestly. But, yeah. but I like this so much better. This was like more emotionally yeah. like charged. Because also it's it's kind of gave me Demi Lovato's 29 because it's reflective yeah. on how fucked up it was now that she is so old. Yeah. You know? And I like that. I think it is like that. And like I think Dear John was like there is some like real realization in there. So it was like um 19 was uh too young. To the, there's like isn't What is it oh, wasn't good like don't you saying? think 90s too young. young yeah don't you think 92 young to be played in your dad twisted games um it's yeah no, it's not. sorry uh so like obviously like there's a lot of recognition of like this fucking seven minute song about john mayer and it's called dear john it's like if fucking savage it, it's like the original savage like taylor swift song i think way back when taylor was like proper yeah. country it's so good yeah but since then it's like the development of it it's like recognized but this is like obviously from a really emotional perspective and now it's like looking back at like also like kind of like a trauma perspective right it's like yeah. i'm like in my 30s and i like i still feel haunted by it as well like she says that as well like she still thinks about it and like I regret you all the time and stuff. Like the fact that she's still feeling that. At, like thirty, however old she is, like thirty two. Like, or did how old she's literally? Left. The fact that she's like still feeling that like shows like the trauma that those kind of relationships can really like put on like yeah. young young people and stuff. Like like if she's feeling that like over ten years later. And also, um, the the fact that that song is so applicable to any kind of... You can even apply it to family. You can apply it to any kind of trauma, how it sticks with you and how, you know, telling someone to get over it never fucking helps because you do literally carry that person with you. Like, I often say, like, the trauma I carry from my ex even, like, I still feel that person's presence on a regular basis even though she's long gone, you know? And it's, like, so hard to carry that. Same with, like, a family member. And it's just, like, that's so powerful that she... Made that very clear that you carry that person with you everywhere, the heaviness of that trauma. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And also, I just like love that John May got murked like 12 years ago, and <laughs> got murked again in fucking midnights. And it was obviously really unsuspected as well because everyone was like, Oh, like everyone was like, either Taylor Swift is gonna release Speak Now Taylor's version on nineteen eighty nine. No one's thought it was gonna be like an original album. So probably John May sitting there like shitting himself. Like, I don't want to be murked <laughs> As again. Fucking waiting should waiting be. for Spe- Speak Now Taylor's version to be released. And everyone thought, like, I felt like the general consensus it was gonna be Speak Now not yeah. nineteen eighty-nine. So like he was like, Oh, fine. And then at Midnight's was like um midnights was like then announced, and then he was probably like Oh thank God, I'm not going to be murked for a while. Like <laughs> after seeing what happened to Jake Gyllenhaal, like if he's he, shitting Yeah, like looking at Jake Gyllenhaal it was like comments on Instagram. Oh, we red. had to turn them off because it was all like red scarves. Like fuck you, Jake. The Johns will be even worse because he was like a yeah. fan yeah. of like creepy, like, like, a, like fucking paedophile. Like the fact that he, he's going to be horrendous. He's going to have to go into hiding. Like he yeah. won't be able to. I'm dead. It's funny because he's like, oh, I'm um, I'm not going to be murked for a bit. Thank God, so Midnight's thought- is coming out right in there right the, in there taylor just threw it in there yeah. fucking, and it was the best song of the album and in ev- our opinion everyone fucking knew it was out well, him as well although i feel like the backlash to him currently is not that good but no. speak now i think from the bejeweled video everyone's saying that the next album is going to be speak now and i feel like it, it's unrefutable no i agree i think it's, it's gonna unrefutable, be unrefutable really from Taylor's the from the evidence version. that has been presented yeah, because Taylor's definitely posted some Easter eggs in the Bejeweled video, which was released today, which is the colours of every single album, like, in order, up until, like, even to the point of, like, red, um, Taylor's version, things like that, and then then Midnight has its own colour, like, all of them are the same colours of the album, and then after that is purple, which is Speak Now, so it's basically, like, unrefutable, like, there were two things that oh, really have good. shown it, basically, um... I think Pete nice nelson which is obviously the Dear John track, so we're going to get a Dear John Taylor <laughs> He's She's getting version, murked again. She's <laughs> so getting murked again. He can't escape it, and I love it so much. He's going to go into hiding, and I love this for I love this development in yeah. Taylor's in her villain era again, as she yeah. freaking should be. I really hope she like releases some maybe more songs about him or like dear john taylor's version like is a similar thing to Ultimate. that's what i was hoping version. that like, she do like a dear 10 minute john version. 10 minute, but to be honest they only have to add three fucking minutes if they did a 10 minutes version. yeah dear john's not a short song i also think it would be good for her to yeah approach it from the trauma perspective yeah. looking back as well because i think that'd be a really clever way to mix yeah. it to include like the original song and then mix it with like bits yeah. from her now being like and then this, you know, like, and now this is how I feel about it. Now, yeah. in my 30s, I am your age. What, like, what Demi Lovato did, like, yeah, I am now finally 29. I see how what you did was wrong. And Taylor's like, I'm now finally in my 30s. Exactly. Although, I don't know if she'd do that because all she of the not. songs she released before, like, think she already wrote. So, like, even 10-Minute Version of All Too Well, she wrote that when she was younger. She just never released it because it was too intense. Yeah, but I feel like she is one to mix things up. I don't yeah, know. she could, mix and I it feel up. like she's we already murked like... Jake Chen by like really <laughs> by, by like just releasing what she'd already written. But I'm kind of like I feel like she's in her savage era. I feel like yeah. she might release what she's already written and then add some shit she, to it. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Exactly, for she's not dressing for women or men. Even either. if she put like a poem in the music video, so I feel like she's gonna add some shit. That's yeah, there's theory. gonna be some vigilante shit exactly um but also as for should have would have could have as we're talking about john mayer i think that the religious imagery was something i really freaking enjoyed and a lot of people on tiktok also i can't relate because i don't have religious trauma thank god but a lot of people do especially in the lgbt community and a lot of people were also relating it to like they were really upset in that because of their religious trauma which i thought was such an interesting perspective because they were like it kind of the religious imagery they felt really seen yeah. and heard. And also the fact that the religious trauma they had, like they still carry with them and they dream about it and they can't yeah. escape it. And I'm like, how interesting, especially when it involved like older members of their congregation and stuff. So I was like watching a lot of those videos and being like, see, it spoke to those people. Yeah. And Taylor's from like the, the South and was originally in country music. So that would relate to her. Yeah. As well. And she said that she has her own version yeah. of religious trauma. So 100%, I think that's why she included so much religious imagery, like the tomb won't close, stained glass windows in yeah. my mind um it's so much god rest my soul oh wow she's so clever clever. like the tomb won't close um I keep on waiting for a sign like a sign from above um just really really clever I loved it and um I also really relate to someone with trauma I literally cried my eyes out of that bridge like the bit when she's like um I fight with you in my sleep made me cry because like I feel like a lot of the dreams I still have involve like confrontation with the abusive people in my life. So I feel like I can only imagine how that emerges for her being like yeah. a little child. Like I was a fucking adult when it happened to me. So, well, I wasn't in childhood, but whatever, like relationship wise. And then um, the bit when she is talking about um, living for the thrill of hitting you where it hurts. Like, I feel like that's a really good way to describe like the anger that you feel when you're healing from an abusive person. Yeah. Because it's like- yeah, like you can't just let it go. And you feel like you want to inflict the hurt they inflicted on you, you onto them and it's like this weird revenge feeling, but also like still having like care for them and it's very yeah. complicated. Well hopefully if she does feel like that, she may be living for ripping him to shreds, murking him again. Maybe she's gonna murk him again. <laughs> I really hope she does. Or at least can't a video, wait. like a murky video. Please. Um so yeah, I'm quite excited for that. Um, what's your second favorite song, or like, what are your top three? Because obviously we both agree on number one. I did a fucking list and now I've lost it. Um, well, I like Vigilante Shit. Do Fingers you? It's a banger. I didn't at first, but it's grown on me because I quite like it. And yeah. what else do we say that's grown on us? You don't, you don't like it, but I really like um, Labyrinth. No, I don't really like Labyrinth, and I don't like Midnight Rain. I think it's bad, like aggressively bad. I actually bad. like Midnight Rain. rain. And the robot. I like the robot. I like, shut up. I saw it TikTok. James guy. Charles, did you see that? Oh, no, no I thought saw the James Charles one where he was pretending to do the chorus I was like, oh my God, that's actually his voice. That's so funny. Um, I, but I did see a, a, a TikTok that was like, how come um, the robot got a verse in Midnight Rain but Larno didn't even get <laughs> <laughs> in snow on the beach yeah snow on the beach was very disappointing i still yeah. think it's a pretty song but where was lana i am like yeah, so, so disappointed we listened to the album the day before it came out because of all the leaks because we were like savage yeah. and we were like oh it's a fake album don't worry yeah like, we literally thought it was fake we were like obviously it's a fake album because like lana doesn't feature on snow on the beach like there's just like a few backing vocals that maybe could be her but like because like we were so disappointed feature. and then yeah. M was you were the one who was like this is 100 fake because yeah Listen, there's Lola, there's Lola. You said it so many times and I was like listening back to try and see if I could hear her. Could not hear her. It's so funny. Like I've seen so many funny TikToks about it. Like, oh like, like Lana. And, like, bringing Lana in the background to be like, <laughs> 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 it's like see you, Lana, get out. Like Lana is like so fucking like famous as well. So like, talented. Like, I absolutely like, love Lana Del Rey. Imagine like getting Lana Del Rey and be like, I'd love you to feature my song. Can you please just get Snow on the beach, <laughs> in the background? Surely Lana was offended by that. <laughs> Taylor kind of murks. She got. She mocked John Mayer and Lana. What does she have against Lana? <laughs> she, in my head, like, she got Lana to record a verse and then cut it. Got it out. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. She's <laughs> in a villain. Vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> like she like actually hates Lana because um, Lana to completely sidetrack one of my favourite collaborations was when Lana and Stevie motherfucking Nix collaborated on beautiful people oh it was like beautiful people beautiful problems oh my god have you heard that song no I really need to know I it's didn't like, even know it was blue is the colour of the eyes of a turtle dove then like Lana comes in and Lana and Stevie's voices are quite similar everyone yeah. calls Lana like the Stevie of our generation so it's such a good yeah. collaboration I cannot. and I really love like how Lana brings in, because that was on Lana's album. She brings in so many people and actually sings with them. I'm a bit like Taylor. Like, that was a little questionable. Lana's always Lana would the sort of person that would bring Taylor into her album. I mean, she must have like consented to it. I don't but think I'm... she would have like fully like vigilante-shedded her. No, I don't think she didn't. Do that. But I think afterwards, Lana might have been a bit like, hmm. Yeah, maybe not. That's was... weird. Do you know what I mean? Like. I don't know. My friend keeps being like, oh, but in no body, so, no cry. So my phone. <laughs> just, like, opened her phone and, like, zoomed into that man from the fucking alley. He got murked by you. <laughs> he got murked by me. <sighs> Sorry, it's that pitch of these people, like, shoving him up against <laughs> got murked, Alana got murked, but that man from the alley got murked. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't heard the word no, murked in ages. <laughs> when was the last time I heard the word murked? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they like, He just goes on a killing spree and they're like, why did you do it? Because <laughs> I was just so sick of being murked. I had to murk someone. You <laughs> so know, I'm going to have sex with someone else's alley. <laughs> He's so he, he's, he's dressing for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> the green khaki top is how he doesn't dress for women. He, he doesn't, doesn't dress, dress a for men. men. He's, he's dressing just... for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, The green khaki top. It's the green khaki top. He's definitely dressing you know, for revenge. You know, His face. <laughs> he's suggesting vigilante shit. He I wants to murder someone. <laughs> He really wants to work someone. He's and so his fucking nervous. wife. She's look at his wife. She's me. got a fucking shotgun You're going <laughs> to Let me show you Darlene from Ozark. <laughs> this is Darlene. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Anyway, what were we saying? We talking about Taylor Swift and then we got distracted by, by the, the murking. My, 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 <laughs> but I will say I aggressively hate the song um, Glitch. Oh, you really my God. God. Guys, Like coming from the lyrical genius that wrote... I miss who I used to be. The tomb won't close. Stained glass windows in my mind. Give me back my girlhood. It was yeah. mine first. She writes, "Um, there's been a glitch running after <laughs> you with her stitch." What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, Taylor? What? What was she smoking? I would I like. What to was have she some smoking when she did the "sexy baby" lyric? To be fair, there's been a lot of murking on the internet the about the "sexy baby", sexy baby lyrics. Are horrible. I hate that as well. But I like that song actually. It's grown on me. I just do not like "sexy baby." <laughs> there what what do do it is. is? Look. Like, I think there's been a glitch, oh yeah. Five seconds later, I'm fastening myself to you with a stitch. (laughs) What the fuck? And I'm I'm not even, I'm not even sorry. Nights are so starry, blood moonlit. It must be counterfeit. I think there's been a glitch. But we think this is queer. She says, a brief interruption, a slight malfunction. I'd go back to wanting dudes who give nothing. And we were like, you go back to wanting dudes from what? From a woman? From a woman who like, gives look, you good sex. We were supposed to be just friends. You don't live in my part of town, but maybe I'll see you out some weekend, depending on what kind of mood and situationship I'm in. Gayla Theory, I think it is about Diana Agron because she put the same picture that is with Wildest Dreams. You know, when they're releasing Wildest Dreams, that's the same picture or as Glitch. So I think maybe that was the 1989 era, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of probably Diana songs in that era, which would suggest this is a Diana song. I fully agree. And we also um, tell us that genius theory you had about um the face you pulled with Carly in that video. Yeah, so there's this really famous video of Carly Kloss, and um it's and um Taylor Swift, where they like ask each other questions to get to know each other, and they do this thing where they stare into each other's eyes in a very gay way, and they have their hands like their face resting on their hands in like a really certain, very specific way. You can Google it if you like. And then if you look on the spot, like on Spotify, there is a picture behind every single song. So Maroon is really, is like considered probably to be about Carly Closs because of the New York connotations. Um, it just feels fruity. Um, but basically within the picture on Spotify, the video, it's her putting her head on her hands in the same way she does in that video, which is really fruity because like she's literally fucking known for that. Like that—that that is a famous Kayla moment that like yeah. every fucking person knows of, including people who aren't even gay. There's no way she didn't know what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. So that one we think is, have you got any lyrics for that? Also, yes, I have. So um, first of all, I'd like to analyze this. When the morning came, we were cleaning incense off your vinyl shelf. What sort of man has incense on his vinyl shelf? I'm sorry, that's gay. Like incense in general is gay. Um, what, you're cleaning off the vinyl shelf? Men don't clean stuff anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have you, like you, you know, like you are my closest friend, whatever. I closest friend, yeah. And then we've also got um, New York, which obviously was where... Carly lived when they were friends. And then we have, uh, where is it? The lips I used to call home so scarlet. It was maroon. I'm sorry, what lips are scarlet and maroon? Like, it feels, you know, red. Scarlet and is like, red. But like, what man's lips are, are scarlet? They're not scarlet. Like, what the fuck? That is just obviously gay, let's be honest. Okay. I mean, that's like the main one, but then question, let Question is, Carly again, Carly right? again, because obviously. there's this famous picture, we call Kiss Gay, of Kit, Charlie, Car- Charlie Carly, and Taylor probably getting at it, kissing um, in a crowded room in a in a VIP area of think, a Finka concert. Like, probably not just a kiss, but like a passionate kiss, yeah. right? Like they are like holding each other's faces. That is not just like a little like. Mwah. So it wasn't just gayers that were looking into it. It was um like people on like random TV shows. Like I've seen it like. Recently, I've seen like TikToks of like random TV shows at the time where, like, I really want to know what's going on with Carly Closs and Taylor Swift. Like, did you see that kiss? Like, people were analyzing it on like talk, like, kind of like American versions of like loose women and things like that. Those yeah, like, of people were like, um, there was like a random, like, freaking whatever that game is, that game in the UK, like that quiz game. Yeah. And someone was like, name a famous ex of Taylor Swift. And someone was like, Carly Closs, immediately. Yeah. So, like, they're like a straight man. It's like basically they are kissing their lips are on each other's lips. And her, one of their hands is on the other one's face, like in a very intimate way. It is so confirmed at that point. And yeah. also you can tell they did not realize cameras were there. They were trying yeah. to have like a little, you know, sneaky sneaky link here. So what does the lyric say? Okay. Question. I would like to just say the first lyric is sweet berries ready for two, which I'm sorry. Berries are inherently like queer women culture. Yeah. Like euphemisms. Ghosts are no different than you. I mean, ghosts, I guess, could be anything. But then... We've got. Wait, what the fuck? What am I looking at? I'm looking at the wrong fucking lyric. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was like, "Do you remember I like, this, this lyric?" Berry's <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't <was> like, <laughs> remember anything about Berries. <laughs> Barry's are really gay. So, <laughs> the Taylor is really gay. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift. Um, so I just called Taylor Swift Berries. <laughs> 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 That's really embarrassing. It's <laughs> actually called cool "Question." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's oh, no, word, it's actually really not gay. The first song of <laughs> actual Taylor's question is Good Girl Sad Boy. <laughs> the other one is Sweet Berries in a Crowd." <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is slightly totally different. <laughs> okay, let's just make up Big City wrong. Big City, New York, yeah. wrong choices. And what about Good Girl Sad Boy? Yeah, that's really. No, boy. but a lot of people are saying that she's a sad boy. Oh, it? she could be the sad yeah. boy. We yeah. had one thing going on. Uh I like that a color you search for um painted you painted all my nights a color I've searched for since kind of seems like gay yeah the colors of the rainbow you know um can I ask you a question <laughs> thing about the berries <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong <so laughs> with that i don't even know what's okay berries oh, berries <laughs> sweeter than two berries and cream. Oh, <laughs> it's really sapphic. Cream. Oh, he's a queen. That makes it last minute. It's just Betty's a queen. Oh, God. Can we keep some of that? Yeah, let's keep it in his body. I'm like, wait. Oh. Hey. Like, after the first line, I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Uh, I just murked. Oh. So <laughs> you murked, Betty's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. I um, can really tell you, Bryce. Oh, we found anything. You <laughs> are. <laughs> the word berries is gay. The word berries is Oh, yeah. <my God. laughs> <laughs> it's my, song. It's my, song. It's my fucking song. I'm like, the word berries is my band. I'm actually peeing a bit. Like I literally. <laughs> can't we were deep analyzing <laughs> this <laughs> raspberry smoothie. <laughs> I want to find what the song was and play it on Spotify. Should we? Should we find it? It was just called Question. <laughs> can, can you can you find it blue <laughs> I'm gonna <start>. <laughs> <laughs> For you. <laughs> you okay so after that embarrassing sidetrack where we um where i thought that um a song called question by some random band was taylor swift we apologize for murking you taylor
1: uh, <laughs> we've we established
0: that <laughs> the other people gay although i'm pretty sure they are due to them <laughs> lyrics. Okay so right I think maybe I should tell the story about things that happen when Char takes over my phone. Yeah let's do it that was really embarrassing. That was quite embarrassing. So basically I was casually chilling in our bar. I don't know how it came up do you remember? Um, <laughs> When we just sat in our bar and we were talking about someone that we used to think was quite hot. Yeah, we were like, oh, she's so hot. She's so, so hot. hot. And I think like, I was like, you just need to ask her out. You need to ask her out. Like, I feel like you should ask her I out. I think she, like, gave me, like, one inch of, like, attention. Like, sent me one message. Like, she definitely fancies me. Ah! Like, <laughs> we were both, like, amping each other up. Like, she fancies you. Like, I think I think we should go for it. I think we should yeah. just message her. So, basically, we were sitting in our bar. I was like, yeah, she's really fit. Like, I want to text her but, like, for some reason, I didn't actually want to text her. But then I gave Shia my phone to text her. Yeah, I took Anne's oh. phone. And then we. I was like, oh, what should we text her? What should we text her? And then you were just like, oh, I don't know. Like, going back and forth. And then I think I just wrote, like, a really, like, was it a really, like, normal message? It got weird after that. I think I was just like, hey, would you want to grab a drink sometime? And then, like, M just fucking freaks out. I was like, I do not want to go for a drink with her. I don't even know her. I'm so stressed. Very much she was in London, so I was like, I think I was, like, stressing about travelling to London. Yeah, you were like, I can't God. go for a drink with her. I just want to talk to her on the internet. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, like, we've already sent it at this point. So, what happened next? We, we sent uh, this we message. sent the message. I then deleted the message. <laughs> Bear in mind, this girl had probably seen it. Like it had Did been she? at least five minutes of Em freaking out before you even deleted it. But my it. gay panic was like <laughs> so fucking intense. I was like, I was proper freaking out, wasn't I? I don't know why I was freaking out freaking so much. Um, and you kept going, "Should I delete it? Should I not? Should I... Oh, oh, like going back and forth." By the time yeah, you had, like, you'd probably seen it. Like, don't delete it. Like that's unhinged. Like stop this. I don't want to go for a drink with her anymore. I'm so stressed out. And um, I was so fucking stressed. And then basically. <laughs> And basically, I then did decide to delete it, and then I was like, sure I've deleted it. I've like deleted it. So you... you delete it. You're like, oh my god, what have I done? What have I done? What like, I you actually taking the piss? I have to grab Em's phone, literally rewrite the message, but make it not. Let's go for a drink. I rewrote it, hoping she hadn't seen it. Being yeah, like, but it was even weirder. It was. Even, it was like <laughs> <laughs> it went from a really normal, just like, hey, do you want to grab a drink? Because Em's like freaking out about the stupid drink, being like, I only want to talk to her on the internet. What? so it has I was like, Would you like, was you <laughs> I think it was like, it went from being like, hi, would you maybe want to grab a drink, to like, hi, I'd like to get to know a bit more about you, like, talk <laughs> I talked to you, it was like, can, can we get to know each other, or something, like, really cringe, so like, really sick. So we, like, show it to our friends. And I'm like, I did not. I mean, I just did it because you were fucking, like, putting pressure on me to send something less intense. It was you always, like, so it, much like more much worse. <laughs> Everyone's like, that is so much worse. Like, delete it, delete it. It's like, you're message being like, hello, like, <laughs> and like, you don't know this person? Hello, I don't really like to get to know you. It was so bad. It was so bad I literally think I'm gonna vomit from really <laughs> laughing. It's because we've unsent the drink messages it makes it even better. Because if she'd read the first, like we were all laughing, but like she probably had her phone on lock, and she got that notification. Then the next one, so she can see. Her phone. Then she <laughs> <laughs> opens the chat. I opened deleted. Yes, and then I decided to delete the <laughs> next one. So I didn't freak out. <laughs> so, no, no, <laughs> delete it. <laughs> Saying different things! So on her <laughs> log screen she's probably got two different messages. Being like do you trying to go for a drink. <laughs> Adge, delete. And do you wanna get I wanna to get to know. <laughs> delete He no. <You> said another He <laughs> said another one. <laughs> Wait, what did this <laughs> say? I think this one was like actually I'm sorry. No, you sent another one going, actually, I think it was like, hi, like, do you want to get a drink? Like, you reset the first one. You reset the first one. And then when you freaked out about that, you didn't unsend it. You then just sent another message going, sorry, that was Char on my phone. I was so unhinged. This girl got three messages, drinks get to know me then drinks again then oh jk it was just like <laughs> jk it was my friend i do actually want to do any of those things she never replied either and like she was like before that, she would like kind of casually like message me from time to time. <laughs> but and... That was really human humili- because we showed it to our friends and they didn't even sugarcoat it. They were like, "That's objectively <laughs> awful. Like <laughs> yeah. that is so embarrassing. There's no coming back from that." And then I got fucking dragged into it to be like, "It was oh, shy. It was all shy. Like what?" I was just like grabbing your... my phone and sending me messages. I literally didn't even know she was Ooh. doing it I had, like nothing to do with it fuck things, then it's like, we both look completely unhinged, Em and I now. And like, this, this person obviously never replied, but then still like, one time we made a TikTok on my account and it was like, what, what does it say again? It was like a video of like, when it's like, oh, that text doesn't sound like you. And then the yeah. other the person comes from behind. <laughs> and it's like, it wasn't, it was sharp. It was me and she liked it. <laughs> that, was the, that was the first time we've heard from her. Since. Literally since. Um, so embarrassing. She literally fully ghosted yeah, both all of them. the messages. Um, But I can kind of understand why. I completely I think, uh, understand why. The poor bloody girl. It was like harassment almost. It was humiliating, weird yeah. behaviour. If I got like, anyone, I'd be like, literally, what the actual fuck is happening? Like, this is what gay oh. panic can do to you. God, it was bad. The, the unsending, it the resending it's like, it was awful. It was like a situation that could have been like normal. It just got made. So weird. weird. The first message could have stuck. And it would have been completely fine. But you had to be like, delete that. And then why did we delete the next two? Like, that's like too many. It was too many messages were happening to this girl. (laughs) And I just know for a fact that she would have got them all at once. And then gone to the message. And then two of them were gone. So she would have been like, what? It's so fucking embarrassing, mate. That was one of my favorite episodes of NSC Panic, I think, ever. Like, literally ever. I was like, freaking the fuck out. And everyone was like, this is bad. Like, this is like, so embarrassing for you. Like... (laughs) Yeah, if we ever see her around, I'm going to be embarrassed. If we ever see her, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm really quite embarrassed about that. I'm mostly embarrassed <laughs> for me. I'm embarrassed also, for you, but also me. I also got, you, you, you told her it was you, just me that did it. You just, like, fake asked her out on my phone, like, just to be a dickhead. Why would I do that? Obviously, because we did fancy her. Like, I wasn't trying to fake ask her out. I was trying to legit ask her out. And then you gave Patty to make me go back. yeah, it was really bad. What else do we have it's a good untold story? Um, that is so funny. I literally can't go over that maybe we'll continue the next season more untold stories we hope you enjoyed this chaotic near end of the season and next week we will obviously be finishing off so stay tuned stay tuned stay gay stay gay and stay panicking and follow at gay panic pod on instagram And follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. Engage with our stuff. Please, 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 please leave a review on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify. We really, really appreciate it, and it really helps us out. Yes, exactly. And thanks for your support. We'll see you for the grand finale. Goodbye.